Hold up. He said, Mommy, will you sleep next to me tonight? And you know, all little kids love um, having one of their parents um, right next to them, especially at night. And so his mother smiled and gave him uh, a reassuring hug. And she said, I can't, dear. I can't. And, and she said, I have to sleep with your daddy tonight. And so there was a, a silence. And then the little boy said, that big sissy. <laughs> we don't like being in the dark. It's scary being in the dark, especially all by ourselves. Just like that little boy. And if we look in Matthew 5, I'll read it again. We heard this this morning. It says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a, on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He tells them, you are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. That's a very powerful statement, isn't it? I'm the light of the world? It says, don't hide it. Don't hide it. Let everyone see it. To illuminate the world. When you light a lamp, you don't hide it anywhere. You don't put it somewhere. He said, put it on a stand. You put it in the middle of the room where it shines. In verse 15, it says, light under a bowl. And what does that mean? And you know, in the old days, um, homes were generally, um, they're very dark. And of course, we know they didn't have electricity. They didn't have light bulbs. And so, you know, it wasn't like, it's not like today. And so their light consisted of a lamp, and it was filled with oil, and it, and it had a wick, just like a candle. And when they needed light, it was um, placed on a lampstand. And what's hard about um, these lamps was it was so hard to light them because they didn't have matches or they didn't have, um, you know, an uh, easy way to light them. And so... It was very difficult. And as a result, no one wanted to let their lamps go out. And so because it takes too much work to light it again. And so what, what did uh, the people do when they left the house? Of course, they didn't want it to go out. And so what they did was they put it under a bowl you know, so that they can um, let it burn continuously. And so, and so that, that's what they did. And once somebody uh, came home, they took it out and, you know, they put it back on its lampstand. And so no one lights a light only to put it under a bowl. We are to let our light shine to the maximum. And for me, I'm very challenged by this scripture personally. And who am I to be selected by God to be a light to the world? Wow. And... The subject of light is very fascinating. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of um, scientific studies, and I'm not going to go into that. But in the Bible, it says, In the beginning, God said, let there be, what? Light. light. And there it was. It was the first thing God created. Without uh, light or sun, 
there'll be no plants, no animals, and certainly uh, no humans. And light gives us warmth. It gives us life. And why else do we need light? To see, right? It's not very complicated. It's, we need it to see. If it was nighttime and the lights were turned off, we wouldn't know who's sitting next to us. We'd be confused, wouldn't we? And light gives us a way to see. So, have you ever tried walking in a room where it's total darkness? It's hard, isn't it? And when I was a kid, I had, uh, I had fun playing in the dark. And um, I don't know if other kids, maybe other kids did that, but, you know, I would pretend I was a ninja. <laughs> and no one could see me. And, you know, of course, I didn't see myself uh, in the dark, but, you know, I'd be like, I'm a ninja. Right? I'm everywhere. And, and, of course, I'm just sitting on the bed because I didn't know where I was going to go. Yeah. But as an adult, I don't like being in the dark. And have you ever stubbed your toe in the dark, walking in the dark? You know, we can forget that we're disciples with all the thoughts in our heads. It's hard. And that's why now I always have a nightlight. I want to know where I'm going. We need the light or we would be lost. We would be confused. And brothers and sisters, the world is confused. The world lives in darkness. People have eyes, but they don't really see. People think they see, but they don't. So we live in darkness. The world is in darkness. And Jesus tells his disciples, You are the light of the world. Only you can tell people exactly what is going on in their lives. And God talks about light. In Genesis, it says, um, in the beginning, he said, let there be light. In verse 4, he separated the light from the darkness. In verse 14, he used the light to separate day and night. In verse 16, he made two great lights. One to govern the day and one to govern the night. And during the time in the desert, um, when the Israelites were wandering um, around, God provided a pillar of um, a fire to provide light. Um, in the temple, God commanded oil to be burned to keep, um, um, to keep the lamp burning. And let's look in Exodus. Exodus 10, uh, verse 21. It says... Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward the sky so that darkness will spread over Egypt. Darkness that can be felt. Isn't that scary? You know, darkness that can be felt. It's just like when you're watching a horror movie. You know, when when someone is in the dark, you're expecting something. And you know, you have a feeling, like a tingling feeling, and you you brace yourself for it. It's that kind of feeling. Verse 22 says, So Moses stretched out, his, stretched out his hand toward the sky, and total darkness covered all Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else or leave his place for three days. Yet all the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. Even back then, God was uh, making a distinction. A distinction between uh, his people and everyone else. 
And so he made this dis- distinction between the people of light and the people of darkness. And the darkness was so dark that it could, fe- it could be felt. And that's how it is. When darkness comes over you, you can feel it, does it, don't you? Yeah. When you came out of the darkness to be in the light, you felt it, didn't you? It was a happy feeling. And we know when we start slipping back into the darkness, we can feel that. And thankfully, um, darkness is simply um, defined as the absence of light. And so at any moment, when uh, light enters, darkness disappears. So even if you are in the dark, or you can feel that you are in the dark, you simply get the light back. Then darkness will dispel. And so that's why repentance is a great thing. That's why confession is a beautiful thing. And when we do those things, the light enters us. It lifts the darkness and the heaviness in our hearts. Let's look in um, Isaiah 42. In verse 6, it says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. Here in Isaiah, God is calling the church to be a light. That's us. That we will be a light to everyone. We are going to be a light to the lost world. This is God, God's intent for us. And in, in, um, in 1 Peter 2, it says, and you know, he did that. He sent Jesus to be a light, and now he is sending us to be a light. In 1 Peter 2, verse uh, 9, it says, <clears throat> But you are a chosen people. Ha- being chosen is a great thing, isn't it? Have you ever been chosen? And I remember in junior high school, I, you know, I was never the first to be chosen, you know, on a team. It was always, um, um, I was in the middle or towards the last, and I was short. I'm still short. But, but you know, I was always picked towards, um, you know, towards the last. And, but, you know, when you're short, though, after, um, you learn how to be quick after being chased by the big guys. You know, especially in tackle po- football. But... Being chosen. Here it says you are chosen. And it's a great feeling. Continuing. It says a royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. That you may declare the praise of him. Who called you out of darkness. Into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people. But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy. But now you have received Mercy. That's our purpose in life. And before I became a Christian, I always thought I was going to heaven. And if I wasn't going to heaven, no one else was going to heaven. I was so blind. But when I studied the Bible, I realized that I had sin in my life. And of course, I knew I had them in my life, but I didn't know they were sin. It was alarming when I learned that God was light and He couldn't do, have anything to do with darkness. And if I continue to have sin in my life, I will remain in the dark. And when I became a Christian 17 years ago, I remember thinking, this is the purpose of my life. 
I saw that pe- people are lost. And this is, what is li- this is what life is about. It's about helping other people. And I can remember, um, my, um, in 1996, uh, I was doing my graduate studies. And I remember inviting all my classmates, all 17 of them. And um, maybe 10 of them went to church. And, and they were all international students. I, I was probably the only one that lived in America. And everybody else was Japanese or from Venezuela. But they were international. And so I wanted to invite all of them. And, uh, and so a few of them visited. And um, one of them studied the Bible. And she was uh, from um, Tortola. She was from um, British uh, Virgin Islands. And it's, you know, it's in the Caribbean. But she, um, she attended church. And, and so she studied uh, studying the Bible. And, you know, and then I, you know, I would see her in class. But I didn't know she studied the Bible. Um, until like um, second service or something. But, you know, she became a disciple. Amen. And... Now, when I look back on it, she's still faithful. She, um, she, uh, uh, the government of, um, of uh, Tortola sent her to go to school. So now she works for the government. And she has a, um, 16 years later, she has a very high position. She, she's doing design and planning for the city. And, and so now she's married to a, a disciple and she has kids. And so... When I look back on it, if I didn't share, you know, even though it, it was, she was uh, a foreign student, it would have been, um, you know, I would have been about my purpose. And so now she's helping other people in another country. And so when I l- look back on it, it just, it, it's, I'm glad I did it. I gla- I'm glad I um, invited her. And so this is our purpose. And just like the donor shared, we don't know what's going to come out of it. It could take a small coffee, um, you know, get together with coffee, and who knows what comes out of that. But that's our purpose. We don't know. It's God that truly makes uh, things happen. So 20 years ago, I would have never seen myself speaking. You know, I studied um, architecture. I have a master's degree in architecture and urban design. You know, I, don't, I didn't study to talk about God. But that's how God changes us when we are light for others. And it is really an honor to be chosen by God. We should feel that. To be in His wonderful light. Uh, Let's turn to John 8. And that's what it means to be in the light. Because most of the world is in the dark. And um, here's another one I, I read. I read about a confrontation between a young boy and his mother. I love these kids' stories. I can relate, um, having two kids of my own. The mother asked her son, Young man, there were two cookies here in the pantry this morning. How come there's only one now? The boy didn't flinch and said, It must have been so dark I didn't see the other one. (laughs) So, living in sin is often portrayed as living in darkness. And just like the little boy who missed the cookie, we too can miss out on God's blessing. We refuse in His light. And who is the source of light? Let's look in um, John 8. It was only 
John 8 verse 12, it says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the only answer to life. That's why He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If someone does not enter through Jesus, they will never enter. If they do not have Jesus in their life, they will remain in darkness. That's why Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Mm -hmm. And light has been a symbol of divine presence. Jesus said that he was the light of the world. He who follows Jesus shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Psalm 27 verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And we should feel compassion for people who do not know what's going on spiritually. Now, spiritually in the world. They think they do, but they really don't. And imagine yourself in a cave for one week with no light at all. You don't know if it's day, you don't know if it's night. You don't know what's around you. It's very scary. And then one day you see a glimpse of light ahead. How would you respond to that? We'd be happy. We'd run to it. We'd rejoice. And that's how we should be with Jesus. But you know what? Many do not realize that Jesus is the light. And He is the light of the world. I appreciate the light. And I don't like stumbling in in the dark. Uh, Let's look in um, 1 John chapter 1. Verse 5. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5. It says, This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. And this is a reminder for us. In God there is no darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. In verse 7, it talks about walking in the light. Let me ask you, how are you walking today? How are you walking today? Even as Christians, we can fall back into our sinful ways. And we can claim we have fellowship with Him. But it says, we lie and do not live by the truth. Church, people are living in fear because of all the crazy things that's happening in the world. And this is the opportunity to shine so that people will not be afraid. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That's what it says. It says if you walk in the light, you have fellowship with one another. Who do you have fellowship with? Who are the people around you? Who are you helping to be in the light? So we are called to have friendships and to witness to our friends, to our families. 
Are you being a light or are people struggling around you? Are they struggling because of you? And sometimes, you know, we can hear that, even among Christians. I'm not close to anyone. Or I have no friends. But you just ask yourselves, are you being a light? And no one wants to be um, near the dark. No one wants to be in darkness. And as Christians, that's our purpose. To help people out of the dark. But if you are refusing help, you know, you will remain in the dark. And here it's also evident that we are reflectors of light. Of Jesus' light. And it's a design technique, you know, using mirrors. You know, I learned that, that when you place mirrors in a room, you um, reflect the light and it makes the room bigger. And so we are mirrors. And in order to reflect the light, we need to position ourselves um, as mirrors to the light. And we do this by studying God's Word, by praying and acting on God's Word. And as we position ourselves each day to Christ, the light will shine automatically. People will see the glory of God. So what happens when a light fails to give its light? Let's look in Revelations. Um, Revelations chapter 2, verse 1. So what happens to light? It's removed. And in um, Revelations, it says... He who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Let's move to verse 5. Remember therefore where you have fallen. Repent and do the word, do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstands from its place unless you repent. And this is very serious, brothers and sisters. If you're stuck in a bad place, make every effort to get out of that place. And sometimes it's so much easier to get away with things in the dark, isn't it? And that's how it is. That's why sometimes we we can like the dark. And um, here's a, a story about a young soldier and his commanding officer. They're on a train together. And so, the only available seats in the train was um, next to this um, grandmother and her daughter. And she happened to be a a beautiful daughter, I mean, um, granddaughter. And so, you know, so they they had conversations, and and so the young soldier uh, seemed to be attracted to the the young lady. And so, uh, it seems like there was a, a mutual attraction. So suddenly, the train went into a tunnel. Sending the train into darkness. Immediately, two sounds were heard. The, the smack of a kiss. Okay. And then the, followed by a, a smack or a slap on the face. Okay, we know what that means. Okay, so as the four came back into the light. Okay, this is where the thoughts. The grandmother, grandmother thought, I can't believe he kissed my granddaughter. But I'm glad she gave him the slap he deserved. Okay, the commander, of, the commanding officer thought, I don't blame the boy for kissing the girl, but I wish her aim was better and that she'd slapped him instead of me. <laughs> the young girl thought, I'm glad he kissed me, 
but I wish my grandmother hadn't slapped him for doing it. And as the young soldier sat in his seat smiling, he thought, Wow, I can't believe it! I got to lay a kiss on a beautiful girl and slap my commanding officer and I got away with both. Sneaky guy. What's the point? It's easier to get away with certain things in the dark. That's why the Bible tells us that many people love the dark because of how it hides evil. And so, in closing, what does it mean being a light? One, it exposes the dark. Expose the darkness. And darkness is expelled as soon as you hit the lights. People are not aware of the darkness they live in if they do not see the light. And the question is, does my life help uh, people see more clearly? And two, light serves as a guide. You know, just like in, in an airport, the runways are lit with lights. And so, when we try to dr- drive in the dark or um, drive without lights, it's very dangerous. And we are guides so, to people who are in darkness. And light is also to be seen. There's no such thing as a sacred Christian. We need to be a light at all times. And light shines not so much that people may see the light, it's so that they may see other things because of the light. And our light shines not that people will be attracted to us, but to be attracted to Jesus, to Jesus Christ. And the whole issue with um, the light is to be able to light in, dark, in the dark. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Every Christian is a light to help others find salvation. You can't shine your light unless you lighten up. And no candle loses any of its light when it lights another one. But you don't have light of your own any more than a light bulb has light without being connected to a power source. And Jesus is our power source. Church, you are the light of Ventura County. Because of us, are people seeing where they are going? Do they know their destiny? Do they know the true God? The true values of life? You are the light of the world. And let us Continue to shine. To God be the glory.